0: Julie Keys.
1: Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In today's show, we are talking with a CEO who has worked with and scaled several companies and is going to be speaking today about when is it the right time to hire outside leadership. But first, let's hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and TrustPoint.
0: TrustPoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from the record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Let their experts help you with a complete plan solution, saving you time to focus on what you do best your business visit trustpointinc.com
2: for more details you wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor so don't sell your business without a broker now is a great time to sell a business many are selling at a premium Contact a business broker at SunbeltMinnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free, confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit SunbeltMinnesota.com, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, SunbeltMinnesota.com.
1: Hello, everybody. We are here today with Scott Sustachek, who is a CEO, free agent, CEO, <laughs> and transition specialist. Scott, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thank you, Julie. Happy to be here. I'm glad that you can be here. This is a topic that's very important, I think, for our business owner listeners when we have conversations about what happens when I'm in the process of transitioning, but I don't know if I really want to lead the company anymore, or I don't necessarily want to be out of the company altogether. I just like to turn over the reins, right? So we're going to talk about that because
3: you've done many of those, right? Yes, I've been uh, a CEO or president for three different family-owned businesses. Wow!
1: So I'd like to know how you got here. Like, how did you get into this role? And and, and tell us more about what you do. Okay.
3: Well, thank you. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, three different and really unique family-owned businesses with their own set of of challenges and opportunities and, and goals that they had as as companies and as families. And it it's as diverse as. Manufacturing and distribution at commercial construction, industrial mineral mining and processing, which went into the energy markets and industrial sand markets, uh, and then education and ed tech going into the elementary K to five education space.
1: Wow, that's pretty diverse. <laughs> and so your role was CEO?
3: CEO and president of, of those companies, yes. Okay,
1: and, and I- then how did they find you?
3: Uh, I, you know, uh, the, the first company I worked for, I I basically grew up in, uh, started there, worked there 21 years, came up from, you know, the, uh, a sales position up through the company. Really? Um, the, the other two was recruited away, uh, by, by an owner that I had met through the CEO Roundtable, which, uh, you know, I've been a member of that since 2008 and that's been you know another interesting perspective of seeing transitions mm-hmm. in businesses.
1: So the CEO roundtable. I think you mentioned earlier before we started the show that uh, you guys are self-facilitating. Is that right?
3: That our our roundtable is yes. Uh, and there's also mm-hmm. a model with the roundtable that that has professional facilitation. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever the member wants.
1: Sure. And so with these companies then that you worked for as as the chief right at the helm. Did you see all of them through to transition, or some kind of exit, or?
3: You know, uh, none of them actually transitioned. Okay. And so, but the the growth transitions that we had were okay. were around implementing strategy and mm-hmm. putting the right people in the right seats, and mm-hmm. then really around execution and, and building an execution model for each company.
1: So, would you say that that's your specialty then—to go in, lead a company, grow it, improve it, position it?
3: Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's where, you know, helping that owner really find what what it is they want out of their business mm-hmm. and helping them get it is what brings me a lot of energy. And that that's something I enjoy.
1: Well, and sometimes it's hard for them to identify what they want.
3: And that's very true.
1: Right. And so when you go in, are you working alongside the owner or are you just taking over for them and they're taking off for the Bahamas or whatever?
3: <laughs> it's typically alongside the owner, especially at the start. Okay, be- I would think so, yeah. A lot of it is, it, and you probably have the same same uh, situation with your clients, is helping them really get to what it is they ultimately want. Right, And sometimes that can change over the course of time too.
1: Right, with- well, I mean... I'm sure that you've had this happen to you where you're engaged for a while, things are starting to hum along pretty good, right? Right. The owner's like, hmm, well, I guess it's not so bad here after all, <laughs> right? right? So so sometimes they, they do change their mind and um, maybe they want to hang out for a while. So tell us about how that works.
3: Well, I think in, I think they do. And then it's the question is, what do they want to hang out as? And, and, yes. you know, and so how do you find...
1: Is there a new role?
3: Right. And yeah. what is that role? And is it... Yeah. You know, you probably have a, a lot of, uh, of your listener base out there that, that uses traction. Or do mm-hmm. they become the visionary? And mm-hmm. then my role, in essence, becomes the integrator. Mm-hmm. Do they want to just be an owner and just you know, show up at a quarterly, quarterly board meeting and, and review what's happening? Do they want to be in larger companies, move into a role, a chief innovation officer? And, and really start to work with new things. Mm-hmm. Um, or do they just want to be focused on how do we work on the business and how do we grow it and, and stay as a CEO?
1: Mm-hmm. And so if they did stay in that role, then what would your role be?
3: Uh, probably president. Got it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So more of an integrator, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, For EOS language out there, EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's an operating system that works really well for growth and improvement of any business in any industry. Um, It's not the only system out there, though. There are several systems that you can use. Um, I think the important thing is that you just use something. Um, but the term integrator is really the person who um, takes the ideas and actually turns them into something. Right, Scott?
3: And that could be, you know, a, a strong integrator can be a great partner to the, the right owner right, who wants to be that visionary and, and out in front leading, mm-hmm. coming up with the new things. But you need somebody back making sure that the trains are running on time.
1: Right. You can't implement every single idea. Right. <laughs> As much as we we who are visionaries think that all of our ideas are wonderful, they really aren't always (laughs) wonderful. So what's going on in the market right now?
3: Well, it's an interesting time. And and, uh, as you and I were chatting a little bit before we started uh, around uh, a study that came out about a year ago that that the the Minnesota Center for uh, Employee Ownership did, which said that you know over half the companies in our state, and I'm guessing this is a national issue as well, mm-hmm. uh, the owners are over 55, yes. and and that most of them don't have a, a formal transition plan in place, mm-hmm. and so you know we we've, we've been through the great resignation and and all those things with the pandemic, and now you know are we in the great transition with all these businesses that are looking for something to happen? Is it an ownership transition? Is it a leadership transition? Mm-hmm. And you know, as I'm out talking to different companies, yeah, I'm seeing just a variety of things in the marketplace of an owner that that's ready to retire and step back, an owner that's between you know generations. Mm-hmm. So, one gen is running the company, the next gen isn't quite ready yet. So, how do they bridge that gap? And how do they keep the growth going? Uh, how do I get a business ready to sell? which is a topic that, that is, I'm hearing more and more of. Yeah. So you have all these transitions, and, and then as you think about, well, do I bring in an outside leader? Uh, there are so many things with that for, for a business owner because what about my business and mm-hmm. the, the thoughts around that? What about my employees and how does it change for my people who have helped me get here? And then what does it do for my family? You know, What, what difference does it make for them? So there's a, a lot of things to, that owners need to put thought into.
1: That. so when is the right time would you say for an owner to bring in someone like you to come in and and help them with the not just not really the process so much of transition but just for their own personal right when we talk about exit right. planning we talk about business preparedness and owner preparedness um, business preparedness is important of course but um, not with without the owner side and if the owner's not ready regardless of how well run the business is the transition is not going to be successful
3: right you know I, I think there's a few points to think about with that is you know one is the owner looking to accelerate growth and or profitability and are they at one of those inflection points that companies go through you know 10 million 25 million 50 million 100 million yeah um uh, an owner seeing those inflection points and understanding how you know what they need to do to get through them is so critical. Uh, we've already talked about stepping back. Uh, the owner just wants to you know they they've gotten the business through the pandemic, they've grown it, you know it's just time to now enjoy life a little bit more. And how do I do that?
1: Well, when you think about the boomers out there, right? We talked about half of the owners in Minnesota need to transition because of their age. They've been through. A lot,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? So the most recent, of course, would be the pandemic, but you could move backwards 20 (laughs) years or 25 years or 30 years, and you could, you know, there's all these different things that have happened over that timeline um, that have impacted them, and whether they love running their company or not, and all the experiences in between. And I've met many, especially in the last year or so, who are just tired. Mm -hmm. They're tired. Right. Right and they want to start living life right yeah
3: and I think that that you see that a lot and it it tends to be owners that are really deeply into their business in in not where the business is going but actually working in the business and not on it right and so you know they're out doing client meetings they're out doing vendor meetings they get to the end of the day there's no time to really think about well what What's the future of this business look like?
1: No, because they're entrenched in it too much. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people have the um, mistaken idea that the owners that wear hats like that are the ones that run these smaller companies and they don't have a choice, but that's not the case. Right. There are plenty of owners out there who have a very successful lower middle market company and they're still making a lot of the decisions. They mm-hmm. just have a hard time delegating. So when someone like you comes in and they actually do have to delegate how does that work?
3: (laughs) Well, I think that's where it's so uh, incumbent on that owner to really think through what is it, what is they want out of making that hire? Because, you know, what does it look like after? Because you can say, hey, you know, I want to bring in somebody really talented and and turn them loose and we're just going to have a lot of fun growing. But without giving it thought about what, especially what that owner's role is going to be, post that person coming in mm-hmm. uh, it, it can be very disruptive to an organization because everybody's figuring out who do I look to for leadership who's you know who's making the call and making the decisions if it's not clear that you know the, the new hire is is the go-to and I think again that owner really getting comfortable with whatever role it is they they want is so so important to this process and having given that thought ahead of time a, a, of making that decision and bringing that person in?
1: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with letting go, which is kind of ambiguous. When you think about letting go, you're letting go of what? Well, you're letting go of a lot, right? right. Control is one of them. Um, and then allowing whatever it is that you're afraid of to not control you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and looking at what life could really look like with having someone else. So it's about... That identity factor, and I'm sure that you could, you know, tell stories about that. I'm sure you have a couple stories that you could share. Maybe we <laughs> we should just go there right now, Scott. Well, I think
3: you know one of the the fun stories that I have uh, is a company that I was uh, the COO of, mm-hmm. and the owner decided, you know, hey, I'm going to make you CEO. I'm going to step back into the role of chairman. And I remember one of the first meetings we had is is I asked the question, "Where do you want to go with this business?" Do you want to grow revenue faster? Do you want to grow profitability faster? You know, I you, you've given me a great gift here in, in running this company and I can do a lot with it, but what is it that you want? And so the owner and, and his board at the time really took that to heart and and did a lot of deep thinking around, okay, what is it that we want? What do the next five years need to look like? There you go. Um, and then came back to, to myself and, and my team and said, Here's what we think that looks like. Can you give us a plan around that? And so I put the team to work, and, and we built a five-year plan to, in essence, double the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we came back to them; they liked it. And then I then I set to work on on aligning uh, compensation plans for my team, for the organization, uh, both um, annual incentive plans and long-term plans that all matched where we were trying to go with the business. And and I think the real you know, the, the learning there, uh, is really the importance of that alignment and clear, you know, starting with the clarity from the owner. And then we just went out and executed like crazy. And and we doubled the business in four years through organic growth, a couple of acquisitions. And, you know, you kind of step back from that and go, wow, that was, that was pretty impressive. Right. But, and it all (laughs) sounds easy in retrospect, but it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of, Oh yes. But it was a lot, Julia, it was really a lot of focusing. and, And for me, it, it, it's been the big carry forward, especially in a in a, a founder or family led business mm. or own business. That alignment piece is so so important, Huge. And And you can start there. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about earlier, things change over time. Right. Families change, dynamics change. Um, how do you continue to keep that alignment? And it's really that becomes a constant process for for people in in the in a CEO seat like me as an outside leader. Mm-hmm. A big, big part of my job is always around keeping that alignment. Yes. And I, f- I feel if we can keep that, it gives us the, the very greatest chance of success in the business.
1: Well, and being flexible and, and being able to pivot or shift or whatever um, um, makes sense. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think about plans and, I, and how important they are, and I talk about this all the time with my clients and, you know, we're not going to be with them forever. At, at some point, they're going to have to be, you know, flying on their own. And, and I always just say, um, take a look at your plan. If your plan is the same as it was a year ago, you're not working it, right? You're not working it because there should be um, revisions. There should be a, li- a few changes here and there. There should be accomplishment. So if you've accomplished objectives, then we have to replace them with new ones. That's kind of what you're talking about.
3: That is absolutely it. And yeah. and again, you know, you think about the dynamics of not only what what the owner and the owner's family might be going through, but your leadership team, the economy in general, mm-hmm. you know, the, that plan and, and the alignment around it is you know, you're kind of that constant gardener of that plan and and really making sure that Everybody's staying focused on where you need to go.
1: Isn't it amazing too? I mean, it just never ceases to amaze me how quickly you can accomplish great things when you've got everybody rowing in the same direction and following the same objectives, right? Absolutely. And you got accountabilities in place. I mean, it's just, it's so awesome. And and to see that kind of satisfaction in the client's eyes is just The best experience, I think,
3: isn't it? You know, it's a job well done, then, right? I know everybody wins. Consulting to the business, or you're inside it, leading it. it, You know, that's just a. You're right. It's an absolute great feeling.
1: It is for sure. So, how are things out there now in the marketplace in terms of using fractional resources? What What are you seeing?
3: Well, you know the 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 fractional industry is kind of just taken off. Um, Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) And uh, the biggest demand I think is around fractional CFOs, which I, I recently helped one of my clients uh, place someone in, in their business. Um, but fractional if you're a fractional CFO, there's no shortage of opportunities for you yeah. but fractional resources in HR marketing yeah. um, one of the things that that has developed over time and, and you touched on, on EOS earlier, but fractional integrators mm. um, people are using, you know, fractional talent to come in and really be their COO uh, mm-hmm. and leading integration of, of uh, operational initiatives in the company. And, and people are, owners of businesses are finding value in that. And, mm-hmm. and I I also think that that may be a, a quasi-step to bringing in a full-time outside leader. It gives an owner a chance to sort of sample. Right what's this look like and what's this dynamic if I call it a fractional integrator, uh, you know, what, how does that, how does that impact me and how can I use that effectively in in my business to really, um, augment what I can do for the business. So.
1: Yeah. And fractional meaning part-time. Um, right. We're on the same page with that, right. It's not the same thing as interim, but it's similar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of fractional CFOs as well. Um, that are super busy and um, in demand for sure. And I think that's just directly tied to the fact that we have so many businesses that need to position themselves. And and many times the folks that we have in our finance departments are not necessarily equipped to help the position, the positioning of the company, especially from a financial standpoint, right? And so having those people on the outside um, is is super valuable.
3: Well, it, it gives the company access to that kind of talent with, at, at a portion of the price, exactly. right? And, exactly. and so it helps them elevate what they can do without bringing someone on at, at a, a very big salary. Oh my gosh, I
1: know. I, that's one um, selling factor for me as an exit planner and a business consultant. I always say, there's no way that you could ever hire somebody and afford to pay them <laughs> <right>? <laughs> for what I do for you on a you know consulting basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's totally true. The value is huge. Maybe one more question. One more question, because I've seen this happen where the wrong person is appointed to be the you know the new leader, the new um, temporary leader. What happens when that happens? What have you seen?
3: Well, you see businesses that that underperform, you know, plain and simple. And I and I think a lot of times business owners will tend to gravitate towards someone internally and someone internally usually is, is stepping up in a bigger way. Uh, but I, you know, what I think owners need to do if they can find the right person internally, it's an absolute home run because it's a known quantity. There's, you know, the risk of, of a hire outside is eliminated and you've got someone that, that knows who you are and what you want to do. And I, so I think that's where owners need to start when they look for this. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also the, the effect that it, because it's a known quantity, it can sometimes become the easy decision without really stepping back and saying, okay, we're a $25 million business and I want us to go to 50. And if I put this person in that seat, what do I need to help them get in terms of skill set? Yes. And, and I think if owners you know, spent that time reflecting on that and said, hey, I'm going to take this inter- great internal talent. But I'm also going to help them in in these three or four ways to grow. The odds of success go up exponentially.
1: Right. Well, I mean, if you just thought of it in terms of the business owner themselves or owners, if they weren't able to take the company to that level, then then what would the reason be for that? And, and then we know kind of what's missing, right? right? For skill and talent to be able to take it to the next level. So, all right, well, we've reached the time where we got to just um, add maybe a couple of key takeaways, action items. I know that you have a whole bunch of recommendations <laughs> that you could make, and I wanted you to share those with us really quick.
3: Well, thank you. Yes, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying read you know they should read your book.
1: <laughs> oh, thank
3: you. Because I think again that that builds a great baseline. That's for, a dandy
1: piece of advice for
3: for people to <laughs> say okay how, you know how do I start this journey? Right. Yep. The other thing is, and I noticed it on your website, you've got some great free tools out there that mm-hmm. even just starting to look at those and how do you utilize those uh, would be beneficial to companies. But give again, again a great starting point. Um, the I think the the other piece would be get intentional about. Working on your business and and thinking about these growth inflection points that you're running into, of when you're going to hit 10 million and what are you going to do, when you're going to hit 25 million and what are you going to do, or if it you know you're a larger business, 100 million, but make that transition process part part of the normal way you manage the business, and that that's easy for for us to sit here and say, Mm -hmm. but it has to become part of you know just like a, a weekly operations meeting it's got to become part of that cadence to really start to build an effective plan. Um, my recommendation, get into peer groups. You know, There's great peer groups here in the, the, the Twin Cities area. Mm-hmm. Uh, boards uh, are very helpful, whether you want an advisory board or you want to do a formal fiduciary board. Again, yeah. a, a great way to, to help you take a business through a transition. And then there are significant number of professional advisors who have the background and ability to lead you through that um uh, the last piece of advice I'll say and it, to me it's the most important but really know what you want if you're going to pick an outside leader and someone that understands the outcome that you want out of the business mm-hmm. and that might not be the person with the very you know best resume
1: isn't that the truth? That
3: scaled companies, you know, left yes, and right. Right. But comes from a big company background, it might not under really understand what you need.
1: No. I, I agree hundred percent. And yes, skills and talent and capabilities are super important, but they also have to align with the philosophy and the values, right? Which if they're coming from a huge corporation and then they're gonna come work for a privately held company, they're just the, the needs and right and right. issues and things like that tend to be different
3: and I just think understanding that you know your business your family your situation are unique mm-hmm. and, and to not worry about you know hiring the best resume or mm-hmm. or who you might think the very best candidate walking in the door is find the one that fits you and, and where you want to go and
1: absolutely absolutely well Scott thank you so much for being in on the show so appreciate you being here Great advice. And for our listeners, we appreciate you too. Thank you for subscribing, for downloading, for listening. Please join us again next time.